0: the world of sonic the hedgehog a new hero arrives i am ready is there anyone stronger no tougher no funnier i do not make jokes i make warriors knuckles now streaming only on paramount plus yes
1: steven came to me and uh, we established uh squidward's laugh and he had this antic in mind where he was going to accordion that big nose uh, in a rhythmic fashion and so he, he, ex- he explained that to me so I went um, ha, 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 ha. you know and he said that's it bye bye you know <laughs>
2: Welcome to Spongebob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's
3: official podcast about all things Spongebob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. Hector, I'm so excited that we have Roger Bumpus, who plays Squidward tentacles on our show with us today because as we've discussed so many times i think the older i get the more i'm relating to squidward tentacles
2: frankie i just realized this we have talked to so many of the great voice actors behind the show we're collecting all of our favorite characters but we have yet to talk to someone who voices a character from the pilot help Mm -hmm. wanted until today Yes. That's Roger. That's Squidward. He was there from the very, very, very beginning. So this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to get nerdy and geeky with Roger Bumpus. Here he is, folks. It's been so great to rewatch the show as adults because Frankie and I were watching it when we were younger, but to watch it now. Frank and I have related to Squidward more than ever and I think is one of the reasons that the that the show and all of the dynamics of the characters are so great. <laughs> well,
1: thank you. Now, you, you just touched on something that I come across quite often, and that is when you're a young person, uh, you identify with SpongeBob, his uh, boyish qualities, his innocence, and his fun-loving quality. And then when you get to be a young adult, you got to mm-hmm. pay the bills, you got to have a job, you got to do all these responsible things, you learn what life is really about, you instantly turn into Squidward, and the sympathy is right there with him. So it's it's I see this all the time.
0: SpongeBob. What could he possibly want? Go, SpongeBob. Go,
2: SpongeBob. Go, We are talking about the first season. We're talking about the origins of the show. We've talked to all of these amazing folks who've been there from the beginning. Roger, do you remember your audition for Squidward? What was that like?
1: Yes, I do. I remember that day. Back then, uh, things were very, very primitive and and, and analog, and, and you had options of only going into your agent's office and recording or going mm-hmm. to a third-party uh, audition place. You couldn't, couldn't do it at home like we're doing it right now. And mm-hmm. I went in, and I remember that day. I, I, I saw I looked at the breakdown, and uh, it, there was a, a, a verbal description of him, sarcastic, artsy, uh, finicky blah, 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 and uh, then I saw the look on his face, which has this big honking nose, and that that just kind of shaped how I would would uh, b- perform uh, his his character, and I, I put him in the back, making him a bit nasal, because he had that big nose, and sarcastic, oh, please, I have no soul. <laughs> uh, and uh, so it just kind of came <laughs> together, and, and fortunately, uh, that's what Steve uh, w- wanted, and so um, uh, he <laughs> He began very, very, uh, monotonal. He was, that was his signature. That was uh, the thing that I hung everything on was that blah, 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 blah. And then as we went along through 22 years, they gave me more and more different things to do. So that I spread the wings and his character became much more fleshed out through the years. And, and now he's more me than he was at the beginning. He used to be an alter ego and now I'm his alter ego.
3: There's like two parts of my brain, like the part of my brain that I want to show to the world and the part of my brain that actually just wants to constantly talk to me all day long. And I realized that that's very Squidward. Like I have an inner Squidward and very it's much so. amazing.
1: Yeah, we all we all have that inner Squidward, that frustrated, uh, sometimes condescending, sarcastic, uh, just I'm better and yet no one recognizes me. <laughs> uh, kind of attitude and and always getting the, the short end of the stick wherever you go. Only a few times does Squidward win. Just like life.
3: Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite Squidward moments so far we, that we've discussed in season one is when Squidward um, punches the guy who doesn't accept the, the delivery pizza. of the
0: pizza. He ate it all in one bite. Another one Look, I told your little friend I ain't paying for that! Well, this one's on the. House. Did he change his mind? Short it. That's
1: the first time, the first time you ever see that Squidward knows he's gone a little too far and he really does have a small amount of affection, which he will never admit, of course, for yes. Spongebob. And when uh, when other people, this is like uh, when you're a kid in your family and and you say, my dad's a real jerk. And then your your friend says, yeah, he's a real jerk. Well, you can't say that because uh, yeah, right. you're not in the family. Right. You know, I, I, I uh, abuse uh, Spongebob all the time. But when somebody else does. then I take up for him or when I know that I've gone a little too far like when I like when I gave him the (laughs) the pie with a bomb in it you know and then I (laughs) dying for pie
3: those are some of my favorite moments are when Squidward goes a little too far and realizes "Hmm, maybe I should reel it in
0: the pie you ate was a bomb what pie the one I left sitting on the counter this morning that I bought from pirates for 25 bucks and I didn't know it was a bomb and you ate it that pie
3: Oh, you mean this pie.
0: I was saving it in my pocket for us to share. Let's eat. Oops.
3: What was your initial reaction to the pilot like way back in the day when you first saw it or when you when you first read it well
1: you know people say i asked me uh, well, well, did anybody think it would be this big and so i said of course not no it was just another audition just another another you go to an audition you do it and you never think hey i did pretty good uh, you never that's a kiss of death for one thing and you, <laughs> you just you just you go and you forget it and then i got the part we did the pilot i got a copy of the pilot I took it home and played it for my family, and they fell asleep. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And and it was only a a, a year or two later when I was just casually talking to somebody on the street, and I said, I worked on this show, and their eyes got big as saucers, and they said, wow, you guys are so hip that I knew that we were kind of on to something. And that's when I started... Uh, collecting all the merchandise. But yeah, no, no, nobody knew that it would be this. I, I liken it to, if I can make the comparison, The Beatles, uh, in that the, certain groups, certain people, certain projects come along that are just right for their time. And this was, everybody else was half an hour shows. We are a, a throwback to Looney Tunes, uh, of, of 11 minute cartoons, shorts and and we focus on what makes animation animation, like the distortion of characters. You get hit by a frying pan and your face takes the shape of the frying pan. We focus on that a lot and more so in our in our spinoffs recently. So we are just we just came along at a right time and just kind of clicked with the uh, young people and and, and older people. And just like I, I, I use the comparison all the time, Looney Tunes, that it, it appeals to little kids because it's color. Yep. And then a, teenagers get a, a joke they didn't get when they were five. And adults get a, <laughs> another one when they didn't get when they were a teenager. So there's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like a parable that, that it appeals to a lot of people, a lot of different people for different reasons, different ages and
3: different backgrounds. <laughs>
2: talked to teal wang who is the color queen of the spongebob universe teal is amazing and we heard that squidward's color was really tough to nail down that originally his name was octoward that that he was purple <laughs> like is this true is there yeah. proto versions of squidward that you remember before we got to that beautiful unique design and color and personality I do have
1: uh, copies in, on my Stephen Hillenberg wall in my collection here uh, of the original design for squidward uh, and it's very very different than what they settled on he had a, a a bulbous head but not the way you you see it now he just looked very sad and then they <laughs> they brought him up a little bit. And got a different, different posture in there. Um, the Octo Word thing. Now, I don't know that that's a Nickelodeon thing. I always claimed it as my own joke. And then, cause, cause people will ask, well, is Squidward an octopus? And I say, well, yes, he is an octopus. And they say, well, why is he called Squidward? And I say, well, Octo Word just didn't cut it. <laughs> you know and and the color i don't know about this color thing uh, i people say oh look that that's a blue like squidward and i'm like, no no he's green he's green mm-hmm. and i've seen images of him official images of him on in both tones so i have no yeah. idea what his color really
2: is it's, it's like that dress that was blue and white at the same time, that, that dress yeah. from a few years ago. You know, everybody has different yeah. perceptions of color and everything. But, yeah. It's like those
1: special car I, paint uh, jobs yeah. that you, you look at it from the east and it's purple. You look at it from the west yeah. and it's like a green, you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Roger, have you run into fans that are like marine biologists or scientists today and they're like, I am in my profession because of SpongeBob?
1: Well, uh, all the marine biologists that I know uh, have a new career in animation after Steven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said, to hang this wet stuff, I'm going to make some money in animation. <laughs>
2: it's <laughs> a great point yeah. that's a great point
1: yeah you know um Stephen always uh, incorporated if you look at the the various uh of residents of bikini bottom you'll see all kinds of real versions of fish the the, the flat yeah. fish that have the eye on one side only and uh, I'll bet you know you, you can learn something about marine biology by watching our show uh, I bet a lot of people didn't realize that uh fish walk underwater and uh, they have can't find <laughs> and buses and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and fast food places. You, you didn't know that, I bet you. And Absolutely. and all yeah, their exactly. houses are discarded uh, automobile mufflers.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bob. Go, self. Ah! Hurry, Mr. Krabs! Before it's too late, I gotta tell you. Permission to come aboard, Captain. I've
3: been training my whole life. Do you have any fun memories from working on the very the very beginning of the series? I I remember some some
1: weirdness. I remember that very first day we had this one little recording studio that we we uh, recorded at, and I remember the first time I was watching uh, Tom do his character. He did the character. Okay, so that's that's what he sounds like. I got gotcha. you. And uh, Tom has a, a a liberty in the in SpongeBob's character. To go into completely different voices, he can do a heroic person or you know, yes. whatever, and he did that, and I and I uh, kind of looked at him and went, "What are you doing? That's not the character. You just completely broke the character. What are you, an idiot?" You know. Then I realized that's that's totally allowable for for SpongeBob, and yeah. then on the very same day, Clancy Brown, who I I just love, he's a great guy, uh, but his his resume preceded him, mm-hmm. and he he you know he has this great look great acting chops and he's a teddy bear but we all uh, we joke with him that we were afraid of him when we first saw him <laughs> you know we didn't i don't want to chat him up no just whatever you know it's fine and then of course we learned he you know he's just the best guy in the world that that day steven came to me and uh, we established uh squidward's Laugh. And he had this antic in mind where he was going to accordion that big nose uh, <laughs> in a rhythmic fashion. And so <laughs> he, he, ex- he explained that to me. So I went, um. You know, and he said, that's it. Bye-bye. You know. He was he was that easy to work with. Okay, you
2: got it. Bye-bye. Next, next, next. That is
3: so cool though. Like you got to create Squidward's laugh. Like, that's yours. Well,
2: not only is the laugh yours, but I read that you were also the inspiration for another element of Squidward, which is his really cool bicycle that Mm -hmm. he rides. It first appeared in the first movie. Tell us the story behind this bicycle and do you remember what it was like to work on the movie? You guys did three seasons and then the movie happens. What was that experience like?
1: Yeah, I ride what's called a recumbent bicycle. Uh, if you can imagine <laughs> a chopper, which is the geometric model for this particular bicycle, you're you're kind of laying back a little bit. The word recumbent means reclining. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very, very comfortable. It's it's, it's <laughs> once, once you do that, you won't go back to upright bicycles. And I was riding in the park one day and uh, Steven Hillenberg and his son were walking by and he's he sees me on the bike we stopped and chat and then i let him ride the bike soon after that they decided that whenever squidward rides a bike it's going to be a recumbent
2: (laughs) (laughs) we've been talking to the cast and the crew and everybody has sort of different points of realization of oh this is going to be a massive hit or this is this Mm. phenomenon or what have you uh, what what was that moment for you and? What was it like to uh to be able to star in this this big movie that's that came out after the third season
1: when I saw that when you walk into a store the merchandise is everywhere not just in the toy things but in the automotive section in the greeting card section in the bath section and I saw wow well, this 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 is really being been promoted like crazy there must be something going on and I started seeing the the, the ratings and starting seeing the, the the word of mouth and stuff and I said wow this is this is really really catching on so I said well I'm going to ride this pony I'm going to collect everything (laughs) so (laughs) and as far as that first movie goes that that was that was wonderful Um, we (laughs) some of us have this little "Mm," because if you remember that first movie everybody except Sponge and Pat were kind of taken out of the movie we were frozen Mm -hmm. or we were you know taken, and so it was just a a road movie with Sponge and and Pat so when uh, the second movie uh, was announced we uh, uh, we kind of just went up to Steven and said, can we be in
2: this one, please? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and of course, they did much, much better for that, uh, for us. Yeah, uh, you guys you that. guys
2: were superheroes. You guys were definitely along for the ride in the subsequent yeah. Uh, movies. Yeah. Definitely. Look at me. Yes. I'm
1: a oh,
3: god. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. Is it time? Should we talk about your collection now?
1: Well, consi- considering I keep talking about it, we may as well get it yeah. over with. <laughs> so, do you
3: collect all things SpongeBob or just Squidward?
1: All things Sponge. Bob. There's only a few things that I haven't collected that are just too big. I saw a kid's uh, picnic table, and I just didn't have room huh. for that. But uh, I, when I saw so much stuff out there, I went, you know, I'd like to start a collection of some kind. And this is this is the prime candidate right here. And uh, so I, I am literally going to um, uh, submit it to Guinness. and Because yes. I really do believe I have – it's not just merchandise. It's memorabilia because right. – like we do a movie, and we have all the cast sign the posters, and I've got that. Everybody on the cast has that, but nobody else can have that sort of a thing. And fans do, do a lot of artwork, and they give yes. it to me. Yes. So I've got, I've got a whole wall room of, of just fan artwork. And there's, there's some uh, between three and 4,000 pieces that I have right now. And the handsome Squidward is one of the crowd favorites. Yes. Uh, the action figure <laughs> that. Uh, but, but the top of the entire thing, I think, besides the Monopoly uh, 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 set, which you see your little pewter uh, player piece. And that's such an iconic that's thing to have that. Man. I, just, I just love that. But it's the toilet training kit that I am most proud of, I think. yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm, prou- I'm very proud to say that I am just about to master it. Yes. So, uh, oh, right. yeah. good.
2: <laughs> you keep at it, Roger. You keep at it. Does yeah. that come? With, that comes in handy. Does that toilet training kit comes with your guys' voices? Because I don't know if that would be encouraging or weird if your guys' voices were like, "Come on, kids."
3: <laughs> I never
1: thought of that.
2: <laughs> it's an idea for Nickelodeon merchandising. Is they're like, "Yes, we can." Wow, kid,
1: up. kid, more fiber, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that that is something that no one else can have, and that is ever so often the artists for SpongeBob. Uh, we'll do a small uh, gallery collection of things and they'll have them yes. in, in, in the hallways of Nickelodeon and they sell them and I snarf them up right away. I've got I've got <laughs> my whole uh, wall of fan art plus Nickelodeon art. And yeah. it's it's absolutely which which brings me to this, <laughs> this life imitating art here. Um, You know, when you see Squidward's house. He's, he's so narcissistic in a certain yes. respect that he only paints self-portraits. So, yes. so uh, all his interior walls have various versions of him. Well, in, in the course of my collection, which is the, the wall stuff is only Squidward, I have, my house has become Squidward's house.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's all
1: self portraits of Squidward in various iterations. It's my secret, secret uh, 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 conceited quality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not really well, that me, is... but it's something I do on television.
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who is it? Patron, it's
0: Captain Doug Quasar. I'm locked out. I need you to open the ship's door. I'm sorry, Doug. I'm afraid I can't do that. What? Of course you can. It's an order. I'm the captain. (laughs) I don't think so. The captain always has his keys with him. And his keys are right here. Okay, got to go.
2: maybe the real captain's lost.
0: I gotta go find him! Open up, you junky old Star Toaster! Yeah! Uh, nope, no captain here!
3: Ah! The Patrick Star show, I think, is so remarkable and so zany. Like, what is it like getting to now have lives on other shows? Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's expanding your personal universe, creative universe, and and the uh, presentation universe. And you get to just really spread your wings. And, and well, here's an aspect of Squidward at Camp Coral. He's a younger person. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like he's a counselor. He's a little older than uh, the rest of the uh, the campers. And so, what I always wanted to do was to give some Sort of indication of his being a teenager, like I'm the oldest person in this room. You know, have the voice crack. You know, and <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, You know, and and so you get this. You get as a as an audience member backstory. We get uh, backstory to create. So it's it's always something new. And, wow. and even though it's a familiar, yeah. uh, much loved character, that from from an actor's standpoint, it's. It's so new every time we do it because it's in a wholly different universe. So so, uh, hopefully this is just as much fun for the audience members exploring these aspects as it is for us to try to create them.
0: Today's the big day, Squidward. Don't want to be late. Gotta hurry. Hold it. Hold everything. I would not want to miss this. The day Spongebob moves! I can't believe it's really happening. Don't worry, Squidward. I'll come visit you. Don't try to cheer me up, Spongebob. Please.
3: I've fallen, like, even more in love with Squidward also as I've gotten older because I've realized, like... He is just like a tormented artist, mm-hmm. you know, like he's just like he just <laughs> wants to paint and play the clarinet, but that he still has to work at a fast food joint. <laughs>
0: he is underpaid, underappreciated, underwater.
1: Oh. <laughs> As people, you know, they're struggling to find their place uh, on this planet uh, can relate to. He is what a lot of people go through it in an ex- yes. extreme example, of course. But everybody goes through this, this frustration and this I was. Not appreciated, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah, but he's he's just the epitome for 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 a lot of people of what life sometimes can be but he does succeed occasionally too he's not a, he's not a to- total hopeless entity he does succeed all it takes yeah. is a little canned bread and house fancy and some uh, earl grey tea or clam meal <laughs> tea as i call it uh and and he's he's happy and peace and quiet that's all he wants is peace and quiet and a little recognition
2: talk to the amazing Mary Jo Catlett, the voice of Mrs. Puff, uh, she yes. told us a story where, where she was once recognized by her voice, and she also told told us that sometimes kids ask her why she's so mean to SpongeBob. Do kids ever ask you the same, or do they ever say, "Hey, I feel bad for Squidward"? Like, what what's the kind of kid response that you've that you've
1: experienced? I, I get both those responses. Uh, yeah, and, hmm. and, and as far as the the recognizing the voice, I have to tell you this: uh, when from the show first started, and I was collecting my merchandise. Uh, <laughs> I was I was in the checkout thing, and I had a whole Bunch of SpongeBob stuff. This little teenage guy was uh, in the checkout and he said, Well, somebody must like SpongeBob. And I said, Yeah, I, I kind of work on the show. And he says, um, oh, can, can you do the voice? I said, And I did the voice. And he goes in typical bored teenager quality. Yeah, it's pretty good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but from a teenager that is high praise roger yeah you absolutely know, you know that, he that. loved the
1: show i, I know he did yeah. i get both those requests from people uh, questions rather why is he the way he is with uh, spongebob and, and my answer is always is because he's annoying and and <laughs> so we it, it's the same answer it, yeah. it's, it's it's what we do all the characters in the show have a very distinct category. You got mm-hmm. the the miser, yeah. you got the megalomaniac, you got the artist mm-hmm. and uh, the the technician and whatever. And so they don't nobody really steps on each other as far as the characters go. And it's, mm-hmm. a, and it's a challenge to have them interact sometimes and, and have that little overlap of, of, uh, of characteristics. So it's, it's one of the writing uh, challenges for, for everybody. But, uh, yeah, we're Absolutely. all very distinctive in our, in our little, little niche of who we are. If there's an art thing going on, Squidward has to be a part of that. You know, if there's money involved, Krabs has to be a part of that, you know.
2: Talking about all those dynamics, Roger, like these characters are also amazing. They also have such great dynamics with one another and there really isn't overlap. I mean, even Squidward at his worst, he's not the antagonist of the show. That's Plankton, right? You know, we know what kind of role Squidward has with this friend group and this cast of characters. Do you have a favorite dynamic to play with, whether it's Squidward and SpongeBob Squidward and Patrick, mm. Squidward and Krabs. Like, which one of those is your favorite to kind of play around with?
1: Yes, this I, I tell people this a lot, though, that I have, a, Tom and I have a kind of a rapport, and it relates to uh, the old uh, 1950s show, uh, The Honeymooners, with mm-hmm. Jackie Gleason <laughs> yes. and Art Carney. Art Carney yep. was the, the, the SpongeBob kind of character, the goofy kind of character, and he would oftentimes go off on a repetitive gag, like if you're trying to sign something he would, you know, throw the throw the arm out to get the cuff of the of the sleeve up a bit, and he would do it again, and then <laughs> again, and again, and again, and again, and again, to the point of surrealist. Uh, uh, and then finally, Jackie Gleason would have enough of this, and he would go,
0: all right! <laughs>
1: and that's exactly the dynamic that we do quite often with Spongebob and, wow. and, and Squidward. And, and we as, as two actors g- interact quite quite well. We have this, just a little chemistry, that's all. But, but we have the same thing with everybody else. But I just noticed that in the times that it's only Spongebob and, and, and Squidward. So that's that's the one that I like.
3: Is there a dynamic that you haven't explored yet?
1: Well, I, ha- I haven't really had that in mind because, and, and it's a good thing, because the writers keep coming up with those those new interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so yeah. there, yes. there was the one time uh, when uh, Squidward uh, fell in love with this girl, and he had to have, and he was just frozen, and he could, he, he was incapacitated, and so Sp- SpongeBob had to do a practice date with him, and that's that's a very very <laughs> yes. fun episode too.
0: Oh no, you don't, Patrick! You cannot just barge in here like this. SpongeBob and I are in the middle of a practice date. So. Do you hang out here often?
3: Well, this is my home, silly. (laughs)
0: Excuse me! How is this supposed to help me on my real date? Which, by the way, begins in five minutes.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, uh, the writers keep coming up with because they have to. Uh, Long running comedy yeah. shows have a voracious appetite for material, and you've got to come mm-hmm. up with new things. Uh, very surreal. This is what I love about uh, uh, also uh, Mr. Lawrence's writing because it's it's way off there. It's I, yeah. I I I see some of his scripts and I say, do you often write in an opium <laughs> den? Uh, and, and it, but all all the writers are really really great. I mean I. I just I just, I just know that he wrote this one particular thing, and I went, "My
3: gosh, Doug! Yeah, <laughs> decaf,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, they're decaf. Out there, that's, that's right. So <laughs> it's funny. way out there." But,
3: uh, one of my personal favorites is Squilliam Fancy Son. Like that whole episode, the fact that you have met Squilliam's several times, that you have this kind of counterpart is just yep. the, the, that was delightful.
0: Squilliam Fancy Son from band class. I hear you're playing the cash register now. But sometimes. Uh, how's the unibrow? It's big and valuable. I'm the leader of a big fancy band now. And we're supposed to play the bubble bowl next week. The bubba-buff. The bubba-buff. Bah, 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 bah. That's right. I'm living your dreams, Squidward.
1: Yeah, D D Bradley Baker is is an absolutely uh, a very prolific prolific voice actor. He Wonderful. can do He's he's one of our what I call uh utility uh cast members that do all yep. these all these characters that sometimes are just one one character her him and uh, Serena Irwin also. Um and he does um the uh, uh, Bubble Bass and Perch Perkins yeah. yes. those are recurring characters but he does all kinds yep. of just one one time things and he's very very good and so but his his squillium is spot on. Everybody in the show has had to do squid, uh, Squidward at some time. When uh, when mm-hmm. I went to when I had uh, the early episodes of going to Squidville, uh the entire cast had to do the various residents uh, there and so, so fun. I I feel so ununique cuz everyone can do my character. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Roger, no one like you. No though. one like you. I mean it, it's no true one. like Tom is just perfect for SpongeBob. You know, Bill is Patrick. You guys are so perfect in these roles and it's so fun to hear everybody to you know, doing the impressions of everyone else.
0: Squidward, we finally found you. Get off me. I'm not Squidward.
2: Are you Squidward now?
0: Grievances! This town is a grievance. There should be a log and so many stuck-up tightwads living in one place. This city needs to be destroyed. Or at least painted a different color. F-Y-I, you don't have to live here, you know. Hey, you're right, and I'm leaving A-S-A-P. Are you Squidward? No.
2: Roger, do you have a favorite type of SpongeBob episode? Ooh.
1: a type of episode what I love really is first of all the range that squidward is required to uh, perform in he he is the uh, sar- sarcastic uh observer of the insanity behind him and when he has that that comment of um, um ah, Got them both. (laughs) You know, kind kind of thing. And then the opposite end of that is when things get too much for him and he gets to go apoplectic and I get to scream a whole lot. Yes. I do love to scream. It's very therapeutic. I save a lot on psychiatry fees. And, And so... That is what I really do love is when he talks, uh, but not long-winded. I, I never get long-winded uh, passages of dialogue anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's it's when that just little talk thing that that and, and that observation thing that's what I really do like about, about, about Squidward. <laughs> but Squidward. Uh, but that one episode when uh, SpongeBob uh, discovers Mermaid Man's uh, utility belt and he zaps Squidward and it shrinks him down to uh, action figure size and he kept it keeps trying to f- scream. D- 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 transform him back by by pushing the buttons again and each time he does it it's more horrible thing no skin on fire no no bones whatever and he he had to scream each time from that point on they (laughs) learned that i could scream and they make me scream every episode
2: (laughs) roger it's no question that spongebob has left its mark on pop culture but how did you react when you found out that iron man called a bad guy? from outer space, Squidward. Oh, that was great. How cool was that, that Tony Stark watches Spongebob Squarepants?
1: I absolutely love that kind of a thing. (laughs) In my collection, I might add, I have a book of uh, um, newspaper comic strips through the years that mention SpongeBob, wow. uh, everything, oh that, and that in itself is a testament to the iconic status of of the show. It's like a uh, yes. monopoly pieces. Uh, if, if when you're in a comic strip, and the reference to your show yeah. is something that the artists uh, uh, and the cartoonist thinks is is a funny, good thing, you've 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 arrived. That's Adam. great.
3: Has Squidward been a Jeopardy answer? Has to Had have to been, been, right? Yes,
1: yes, it has. Um, I don't know if it's Squidward has. I think it has. But but SpongeBob for for sure has been a, a Jeopardy thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> where do you go from there? Speaking of
3: where we go from here, where do you see the future of SpongeBob
1: SquarePants going? I I am still amazed that we still have legs. And I have six mm-hmm. and uh, we, that people still like us. They are still watching theirs. And we are multigenerational, definitely two generations. But I've seen a third generation now. Wow. So, you know, it, it's 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 to be a part of that legacy, to be a part of something. So literally iconic in American culture mm-hmm. is something to be exceedingly grateful
2: Roger we're, we're grateful for you man this has been such a joy for Frank and I to get to talk to you we thank you we hope you know that like we love this character we love the show we appreciate everything that you guys have been doing over the past 22 years now and can't wait to see where it goes from here. Thank you so much, man. Roger, you're hilarious, man. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. And and just, just for my own personal feelings, I'm hoping for the, the future that the SpongeBob universe lasts just a little longer than the pyramids.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Roger Bumpus, everybody, did not disappoint. He's funnier than Squidward. He was so hilarious and so gracious and and so grateful and thankful. Like, I'm not usually starstruck, even like
3: with Mary Joe, who I love so much. But there was something about um, Roger that just made me kind of like a little bit starstruck. I think it's because of the character, also. Like yeah. Squidward takes himself so seriously, so I was like, I was like, oh no, like <laughs> maybe Roger does too. But it's, he was
2: so wonderful and he oh, was so crack up. Um, he's kind great. once again, huge. Thanks to Roger Bumpus. Folks, we hope that you enjoyed. He was really hysterical. Yeah, he really was. We we hope that you guys liked that interview. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what your favorite part of talking to Roger Bumpus was. Let us know about your favorite Squidward moment. And we're going to be back with more interviews, more episode breakdowns, and more SpongeBob binge pants next time. We'll see you then. Bye.